We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is January 31st, 2021. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. We know who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Who are, who are you pulling for? I'm I'm pulling for the Bengals. Um, I I'm rooting for Joe Burrow to be completely honest. Uh, played against him, um, obviously as a as a Gator fan. Played against him, you know, in, in college. You didn't play Had against a, Joe Burrow. Yeah, I suited up and I actually put on the helmet. And on, Joe, Joe Burrow and I went toe to toe. You don't remember? I was I was now, in like, Death Valley I and I was going toe to toe. Like, oh, you shouldn't say we when you talk about sports teams, but like saying like I played against him like you know did i say i or we well uh, you said you said played against him you you didn't really say we you just like "Eh, you know played against him at lsu yeah that's i don't know that's a little misleading i think well not misleading because i don't think anybody actually thinks that you played for uf no offense but whoa hey i could have been you know kicker maybe (laughs) who knows um no so rodrigo blankenship thing going on wow (laughs) Oh wow! Just a glass. Okay. Nothing else. All right. I don't and even know what that dude. To, to I don't a, know what that dude looks like. You go one step further, right and you compare me to a Georgia Bulldog. Unbelievable. Um, right. yeah. So, uh, he's goofy looking. Um, so thank you. Well, um, right here. That's all I know <laughs> that he looks like. So anyway, the other. So I'm a big college football fan. I'm a big, way bigger college football fan than I am NFL fan. So I'm rooting for Joe Burrow to become, you know, the the third quarterback to win a college. Uh, the college championship as well as the Super Bowl, he'd be joining the uh, two Joes, you know. So and I, I and it'd be uh, the only number one pick, the number one like overall quarterback pick to win a Super Bowl in his first two, one of his first two seasons. Yeah, I mean he's he's for real, playing. and I just feel bad for him and the Super Bowl having to go against that uh, front from from the Rams when he's got that O-line he's got. But, hey, he got sacked in so many times against the Titans, and they still pulled it out. So we'll see. 
we'll see. I just I hope that that he's able to stay injury free in the Super Bowl, and more so, I hope he's able to win. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling for him too, so we'll see. What about you? Who are you uh, pulling for? So um, I'm like 51 49. Uh, pulling for the Bengals. I would love to see Joe Burrow, you know, win. The fact that they had the number one pick two seasons ago, and then he actually tore his ACL midway through the season last year, comes mm-hmm. back and now is leading them to the Super Bowl. If they win, that's just an incredible story. Was it like worst record two years ago? They had four wins last year, yeah. um, and now they are in the Super Bowl. Yeah, which, I mean, it's crazy. Shout out Dan Savage, by the way. Yep, Dan Savage. Um, which, like, I don't know why I never asked him. Like, I know he grew up in New Jersey. I've never asked him why he's not like a, you know, mm-hmm. if, if you grew up in the northern half of New Jersey, usually you're a Giants fan. If you grew up in the southern half of New Jersey, usually you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan. So never really asked Dan. If, if the Bengals, we had such a great time with him last time on the show, we Jonathan. We have to have him back if the Bengals. We, I mean, we need to bring that's Dan what, back anyways. But especially Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, we haven't talked about this, but I'm thinking if the Bengals can win the Super Bowl especially, uh, we, we have him on. Even if they lose, we, we you know obviously uh, we'd love to have maybe, him on. Maybe but wait a but maybe give him some time. Yeah. yeah, we give him some time. But if they win... We want we want to see if you know Dan will come on the show shortly after after talk magic basketball. He'll be feeling good about his uh, his NFL team. I you guys can talk boy meets world again if you want. I mean, it, there's a lot of po- yeah. opportunities there. Yeah, well, I, I, part of the reason I'm pulling for the Bengals because you know I love Dan and would love mm-hmm. to see him you know his team you know win a Super Bowl. I feel like everyone should get to experience that at least once in their lives. But, yeah, no, uh, I wouldn't be mad at the Bengals, but I also wouldn't be mad at the Rams. You know, I like Sean McVay. Um, I really like Matthew Stafford. I've been a, a fan of his for a long time. Yeah, I like he's a bulldog. Aaron Donald. You know, so. Well, I'm, you know, there is that. I'm not, I don't have really many uh, you college football allegiances outside of, you know, the North Carolina Tar Heels, and they're usually horrible. So I don't get <laughs> too uh, upset or excited about uh, their football team. But, no, I just want a good game. You know, the Super Bowls usually are always just kind of weird. They don't feel like a normal football game. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I'm really just hoping for a a good game. But I swore, dude, Bengals were down, what was it, like 21-3 to or something like that to the Chiefs today. And I was like, this game is over. You said, too, you said Chiefs Super Bowl. And then you're like, gross. Yeah. Yeah, I was not happy about it. And, like the rest of America, it's because of his girlfriend and his brother. It has nothing to do with Pat Mahomes. I love Pat Mahomes. I just can't stand the two of them. And that is I'm, the weirdest thing. We're rooting mm-hmm. against the team because of two people that have nothing to do with the team. But mm-hmm. it's just like this thing that we've all kind of rallied behind that we just find them annoying. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go into work tomorrow, uh, today, as you guys are listening to this. And two two of my coworkers that I work closely with are, are big Chiefs fans. So that'll that'll be fun to hear them, you know, complain about their team. So so shout out them. But, but yeah, so... I'm, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy that uh, Joe Burrow was able to do that. Did you see his uh, post game? What he said about the, the the diamonds that he was wearing? Oh, he's like, yeah, I make too much money. To I make too much money yeah. for these to be fake. Yeah, and I was like, hey, talk your talk, I guess. Joe's got swag, man. Like he does. That is such an overused term, but if anyone has it, especially white that, boy, Joe. Oh, yeah, Joe is the swag white boy. The the best moment, my favorite moment, is after they win the championship at LSU. And they have him smoking the cigar yep. in his uniform. I mean, nothing better. That that was such I, a good picture. I just love the fact that he is like, and this you, this is you can say this about a ton of athletes. When you're a cajillionaire, it's really easy to be very confident, <laughs> you know, in who you are. 
but he's just very mm-hmm. unapologetically himself. Like you, you know, yeah. he was talking about, um, you know, the the game against the Titans and uh, what's the rookie kicker's name, McPherson. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's talking about him stretching on the sideline, takes one practice kick. Yeah. Like, I guess we're going to the <laughs> AFC Championship. And goes out there and freaking knocks it in. Yeah. And uh, you know, the the commentators say, I think it was uh, Romo and, and Jim Nance mm-hmm. during that game. They're talking about him being a rookie and. My dad, who's kind of a very casual NFL fan, is watching the game with me. And he goes, "Oh, this is a rookie. You know, I don't. He's lining up to <laughs> make the game-winning kick in overtime." And he's like, "Oh, he's a rookie. He might miss it." I'm like, "Dad, this guy's got iron balls. Like, yeah. he is, there is no way he is missing this kick." And Go Gators! Your rookie <clears throat> season. Oh, he's a Gator. He's a Gator. Oh, okay, even he's better. He's a Gator. Even he's better. one of the most accurate kickers in Gator history. Better what was uh, the other one? Eddie Pinero. Eddie Pinero, yeah. yeah He's been my, bouncing around, but one of, one of my uh, one of my stepbrothers is a, a big Bears fan, and he he has an Eddie Pinero jersey because he's a, <laughs> a you know a Gators fan and a and a Bears fan. It's right. like one of his favorite jerseys that he uh, that he owns. But uh, but yeah, just a crazy game uh, between the Chiefs and the Bengals. I'm really happy the Bengals pulled it out, and then Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of the NFC Championship game. What the hell was that? You knew it was coming. Oh, like, you knew it. My buddy Brandon texted and was like, yeah. he's throwing an INT here. We know yeah. that, right? 100%. And I was like, oh, no doubt. Yeah. And what does he do? Throw the most ridiculous INT I could have imagined. Yeah. Well, Garrett, um, who Luke was actually just on the Orlando Magic UK podcast uh, this past weekend. Garrett tweeted at me um, like in the middle of the Magic game. He's like, I'm really looking forward to you know Jonathan's NFC championship reaction on the pod but we were watching the magic game while that was going on so we didn't have the live reaction like we did to the the bills and the chiefs game last week and he's like anyone but la like the lakers i hate but like all the other la teams i don't really they don't really bother me like i don't the rams have been in la for like three years it's not really a big deal and i like matthew stafford so i'm just hoping for a good game this is one of those rare Super Bowls you get like maybe every four or five years that you don't really care who wins. You just want a good mm-hmm. game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com All right, Luke, uh, let's go ahead. A couple of housekeeping items before we break down the weekly state of the Orlando Magic. Every single week, we go ahead and shout out our patrons. So on our Patreon, patreon.com slash the six-man show, you've got three separate tiers there, a lot of great benefits. And we shout out our patrons every week who help financially support the show. Shout out Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, Magic Player History, good grief, Julio and Bailey. Very, very thankful to you guys. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Luke, last week we had our first episode uh, where we started accepting voicemails. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to that episode, go ahead and check it out. We got a lot of great feedback from that. People seem to love that, um, which is great, but we need you guys to continue to calling into the show for us to do that. We have one uh, this week that I think we're really going to enjoy. But if you guys ever have any thoughts you know, throughout the week, could be random it could be about the orlando magic if you go to chick-fil-a and you're like yo these new spicy chicken strips are fire i need to let mm-hmm. jonathan and luke know hit us mm-hmm. up 407-603-1189 i'm going to say that again save that in your phone 407-603-1189 be sure to hit us up we're going to go through our weekly state of the magic uh, so since uh, last week's Monday episode, the Magic went 1-2 and two on the week with a loss Wednesday at home to the Los Angeles Clippers, 111-102. to 102. If you guys want to hear our recap on that, we released that episode last Thursday. And then, Luke, we are now riding a two-game win streak, a win mm. Friday night, a big win over the Detroit Pistons, 119-103. to 103. And then tonight, a big win over the Dallas Mavericks at home, 110 to 108. The Magic are now 11 and 40 on the season. They are still in last place in the Eastern Conference, and they have the worst record in the NBA so far on the season. Luke, the Magic are 29th in the offensive rating, 105.3 points scored per 100 possessions. And Luke, the Magic are starting to climb up the chart um, in terms of the league here. I've uh, going back to all games. And it's 28th, excuse me, for offensive rating. And the Magic are now as high as 22nd in the league in defensive rating, Luke. Now they're 28th in net rating. We were sitting at 29 or 30 for most of the season. Now we are up to 28th in the league. Don't call it a comeback, baby. Hey, the team is on its way. I mean, we've ranted and raved about Jalen Suggs. uh, But over the last eight games since Jalen Suggs has been back, Luke, the Magic are 6th in defensive rating. And, you know, there's always, you know, qualifiers there. Eight games, pretty small sample size. But, I mean, the eye test alone tells you that the Magic are playing better defensively. So, Luke, Detroit, that's where we're going to start. 
Uh, we talked on our Thursday episode after you know the Magic coughed up the game on Wednesday to the Clippers, which, by the way, if the Magic don't completely choke that game away, we're looking at a four-game win streak right now. I think you mentioned that before we started to record. But we mm-hmm. talked Thursday about how, in, at least in my opinion, this was a really big game for the Magic. Uh, they just had that big win over the Chicago Bulls, starting to build on that confidence. All of a sudden, it looks like, wow, you know, lately the games have been pretty close. We have this big win over the Bulls. We're in the middle of this big homestand. Uh, and then you lose that game to the Clippers, and it's like, man, like here we're playing one of the worst teams in the league. And if this team is really improving the way that we hope and the way that we want them to, Friday was a golden opportunity, Luke, for the Magic to come out against the Pistons. Um, just really you know, punch them in the mouth and, and have a great game. And the Magic did exactly that, Luke. You know, you're up 20 after the first quarter. You're all over the Pistons. And this game was just really never in danger, Luke. The Magic, I mean, led almost this entire game, if I'm not mistaken. And, yeah, anytime the Pistons started to get close, you know, the Magic would just kind of push out that lead a little bit more. I was looking for a 10-plus win, a 10-plus point win over the Detroit Pistons, Luke. Um, and we got that. And the Magic, you know, also shoot the crap out of the ball. 49% from the floor, 48% from the three-point line. Yeah. You lose the turnover battle, 17-10 to 10, uh, for mm-hmm. the Pistons. But uh, the Magic offense was really just uh, too much for the Pistons in this one. Yeah, we don't get to say that too much. <laughs> um, it is rare. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at the, you look at the game and, and total here and... Big big thing for anybody that bets the magic, which I don't recommend. They cover the spread. Degenerates. Minus three and a half against the Pistons. Second game in a row that they're favored. Couldn't get it done against the Clippers, which really kind of pissed me off. And then you go and you cover the spread and you win by 16 against Detroit. Jonathan, I don't know if you want to talk about this after we kind of dissect the game a little bit more. But... The, the people who who were saying that, you know, it's the tank off. You need to lose this game. It's important. When we get to the end of the year, you're going to be, you know, wishing that we would have lost this game or whatever. Well, you, let's let's what, give a, just a little bit more context real quick. I tweeted uh, Friday, like morning, early afternoon that I felt for a team that was, you know, nine and um, 40 at the time. I said, this is as much of a must win game as there can be for a team at this point. They did not and, like that. No, they didn't. I stand by. They, yeah, I mean, it, it is. People act like because the Magic have been bad for you know so long or mediocre. If you're talking about the you know uh, a couple of the seasons here a few years ago, they they forgot that that wins mean something. Like they forgot that that wins play such a huge part of a team's morale, not just for that week. Like a, a win can carry you. <laughs> For, for a little while before you spontaneously combust because of, of how long it's been since you've won a game. You know, I mean, you lose seven, eight, nine games in a row, and you don't even, they, players won't even remember how many they've lost in a row at that point. It is so imperative for them to win these type of games. I'm going to make people mad if I, when I'm, I'm sure by saying this, I, I don't really care what the Magic do the rest of the season as long as they win. Like, people aren't going to like that. But at the same time, man, if I can, if when, when J.I. and Markel are back, who knows when, and this team can actually put something together and continue to capitalize on this momentum that they've made, 
I'm going to be pulling for this team to win every night. I don't. I am done with the lottery, man. Like whatever. I don't think that this team is as bad as the record shows, solely because of this team hasn't been able to get fully healthy. I don't think they're like deserving of the like of the first pick per se. Like I think that this team with the fully healthy roster is not like a, a, a full bottom feeder. So I hope that they can just continue to win. And I know people are going to be like, oh, how could you say that? Don't you want the best possible chance? I don't care. Last year burnt me so bad. I don't I don't care about the lottery odds, to be completely honest. And I hope this team continues to win. So let me I'll play devil's advocate a little bit for yeah. the both of us, really. So like and I, I prefaced that tweet with I know there are going to be people that are going to disagree with me, and that's totally fine. I, I accepted that going into pressing the send button. There's a lot of right. times I'm sitting there looking at my phone like, do I really want to start this right now? And I, I got to be honest, Luke, there's a lot of times I type something up, and just <laughs> typing it up is enough for me. I'm like, okay, All right. I don't need to have this conversation with people. I'm going to go ahead and delete Writing it. Writing a letter and burning it. Yeah, same exactly. Thing. Same mm-hmm. exact thing. So, right. But I knew what was coming when I tweeted that, and people make a good point. I will, I will, I will concede that, that the team to this point has committed to tanking. We've seen it throughout mm-hmm. the year. With you know guys obviously not playing when it sounds like they're ready to play or healthy enough to play, and questionable decisions in the second half with lineups, yeah. you know, with, with Jamal Mosley. So it seems like the at least the organization. It's never the players; it's the organization. The organization has committed to tank, and if you're going to do that, you've already done it for 50 games. Rip the bandaid off. You got 32 games left. Just get it done. Get it over with. Get the highest possible odds that you can get. Because I'm, I was saying, you know. You end up with top three odds. Everybody has the same chance at the number one pick. But they're like, yeah, if you end up first, the lowest that you can fall is like, I think it's like five or six. I don't even remember at this point. So they do, they do make a good point. Six, now, the, the, last, the last kind of piece to that puzzle for me and the last argument that I'll make is a team that just beat the Bulls decidedly on Sunday night. Now, they didn't have Zach Levine. They don't right. have Lonzo Ball. They don't have Alex Caruso. They don't have a lot of these guys right now. They still got DeMar DeRozan and Nikola Vucevic. Those are two all-stars. Still got and still beat by 19. And smacked them. Like, mm-hmm. destroyed them. Like, 100%. Right. And if DeMar doesn't play out of his mind, highest right. scoring total on the year up to that point for DeMar, then yeah. it's it's 30 instead of 19. Like, let's, it, that's just mm-hmm. the facts. So you, you win that game. Then you have you have the game against the Clippers. You're up in the second half, and you totally choke it away. And now you've got the lowly Detroit Pistons coming into town. Yes, I'm right there with you guys. If I could have Chet Holmgren, uh, you know Jabari uh, Smith Jr., uh, Paolo Bancaro. Bancaro, I'm taking any of those guys 100% of the time right now. I'm not going to cry about it, right? Right. However, neither of those guys are LeBron James. No. I don't think any of those guys, they might be very good players. I don't see them being like a Luka Doncic. I right. don't see these as like generational talents. Are yeah. they very, very good? Are I would believe each of those three guys are probably going to become all stars, if not super close to it in the league at some point. But are they LeBron James? Are they going to come in and save your franchise from day one? No. That being the case, you do not want this team to be as bad as you think. Because if this is a team that is not going to respond and capable of beating the Detroit Pistons and responding the way that they did in the way that I thought they would, because I, like you, I know this is a good team. I know they're not as bad as what the record shows. 
you don't want this team to be so bad that they do end up with the worst record in the league, especially if J.I. and Markel come back. Because at that point, I'm sorry, but Chet, Paolo, Jabari, they are not saving the franchise at that point. So if yeah. this team, I, I, I still believe if this team just lets things ride from now until the end of the season, you are still most likely going to end up with a top three pick. Yes, you might fall to six, you might fall to seven, but hopefully this is the year that the lottery gods repay the bad luck that we've had in recent years. And we saw it last year. You have top three odds, you end up fifth. Maybe this year you have fifth or sixth odds and you end up number one or two. Who knows? It happens. Nobody like you knows. said, it's totally random. We got hosed last year. Yeah. You know, we were at freaking Harry Buffalo. Everyone is expecting to end up with a top three pick. You end up with five, and you know, luckily we still got you know a guy that we are really happy with, and Franz freaking Wagner. Thank the good lord. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, for for those reasons, as they say on Shark Tank, I'm out. Like I'm out yeah. on the like the tanking mentality. I'm not going to well, root for losses. And we said this at right. the beginning of the year, Luke. Don't get don't be excited about beating the the Knicks in Madison Square Garden third game of the year and then get pissed off we won the fiftieth game against the Pistons. Right, doesn't make well, any sense. Right, because and the I goal's the, been oh, the same. This this loss would have cost it would have would have counted as two. Well, like whatever, man. Like I don't whatever. I don't care. I, to be completely honest, I don't care. Um, and I I hope honestly i'm i'm gonna say this and again people are gonna be a little irritated at me i hope the magic don't get have tied for the best odds this year in the draft just so when they leapfrog into the top three i can say exactly exactly i don't that now we're getting the eighth pick for sure yeah well hey you know i that's the other thing all right the the other thing here is that i it's not like this these this front office can't draft it's it'd be complete this would be probably completely different from my point of view if we hadn't just gotten Franz Wagner with the eighth pick in this draft that everybody just toasted us for, at least from fans that didn't know anything about him. Everyone um, toasted the magic for because we were like, What the heck? Right. So so that's what I'm saying. If the magic didn't have a a, a proven track record of it since they've been in for the magic and typically making a good pick with their picks if they're gonna, if any, and if any front office is gonna find a diamond in the rough with like a seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth pick, it's gonna be them. And because of that, I'm never going to, I probably never again when they draft somebody that I think is a reach or whatever. I'm not gonna, I might be like, I don't understand it, but I trust what they're doing. Yeah, it's just because I was. We're gonna wait and see. That's what we're right. gonna do. We're not gonna yeah, boo because, or moan or groan. We're gonna wait and see. Yeah, so it'd be my 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 stance would maybe be different if this if I didn't trust the front office to draft at a spot that was you know worse than three, but I trust front office to draft wherever, so I don't care. Also, the lottery odds. I mean, you're you're just kind of you're just you're literally just playing with a bunch of ping pong balls and hoping that the ones bounce your way. And so a lot of times they don't. So, what I'm about to say, Luke, is going to exclude injury information. Over the last ten years, if ten years, the last ten months, if nothing else, from a transactional aspect, this mm-hmm. front office has earned your trust. Yeah. Trades, drafting, the last ten months, just shut your mouth. Just and if they haven't, then you probably just watch the standings. If you're a Magic fan and you're complaining about this front office, it's a bit. Yeah, it's Franz Wagner. You, you traded Nikola Vucevic, basically for three first round picks. Wendell Carter, stud. Franz Wagner greatest player to ever live 
<laughs> and then you know we still have the another first round pick next year, right? I mean, Gary Harris as the last month and a half is better than any month and a half I think we ever saw out of Aaron Gordon, <laughs> offensively. Like right. I'm, I'm just gonna say it. You, you get Gary Harris and Franz Wagner, both like this season better than almost everything we saw to Aaron Gordon. So mm-hmm. just trust. I used to tweet all the time, like, I feel so stupid. It's so silly to look back. Hashtag in Henny we trust, which hindsight is twenty twenty. It was bad tweets, but in Weltham we trust that you can you can take that to the bank. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last thing I want to say about this Pistons Magic game, Suggs and Wagner both look better than Cade Cunningham. Not not saying you know they're better, but he was garbage in this game. I like Cade. I think he's a really good player was just literally buns in this game. It was honestly pretty crazy. And then to, and then tonight against the Cavs, he drops 19, 10, and 10, and closes the game out for him to win by 10. So And I think he it's had just, zero going into halftime. Yeah. He so was, what he we was talked about heading up to the draft last year of him just like looking completely <laughs> trash in the first half of games, and now he has carried that into the NBA. He's just mm. like, all right, the second half started. All right, it's time to play. Yeah. So. But a lot of people were, were wondering about Cade in terms of his closing. They're like, he just doesn't seem like he's got that that get up in the fourth in the yeah. in the second half of games. They were that was a critique that people had, and uh, and he's he was a closer tonight against Cleveland. But yes, um, I, I feel like if Franz you, and Jalen daddied him. I feel like if you watched enough at Oklahoma, he definitely had the ability to be a closer. It was just like, why don't you do this all the time, and you won't even have to worry about closing. Like the game will be right. out of hand. Roses are red, violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code 6th, S-I-X-T-H, for 20% off and free shipping. And I'd like to propose making February 13th a national holiday as National Shave Your Junk Day. Who's with me? I think this is one holiday that men and women can get behind. And don't forget to smell good, not only around your balls, but all over. Made with their signature scent, the Manscaped Refined Cologne will complement your collection with smell perfection. Manscaped created their products for a night just like this and will make your V-Day date say, Wow, great set of balls you have there. Your balls and lady will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 6 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code 6 S-I-X-T-H. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. Anyways, let's talk about tonight against Dallas at home, Luke, the final game of this five-game homestand. The Magic got beat up by the Mavericks a couple of weeks ago, 108-92 to in Dallas. Luka Doncic, Moritz Wagner had their little dust-up, so it was interesting. They, they had a couple of you know moments tonight kind of back and forth, but, but nothing really crazy, Luke. Um, but huge second quarter out of the Magic drop a 41-piece on the Dallas Mavericks. Just awesome offense tonight out of the Orlando Magic. Again, they win 110 to 108. Um, the ball, like, really, really moving so nicely tonight. There is a um, really a couple of 
um, you know, different um, like possessions tonight where the ball is just moving all over the place. You get a wide open basket for somebody. It's like we we saw that a couple of times out of like the Steve Clifford magic. Um, you know, going back to like Terrence, Aaron, Gordon, Evan, Vooch, DJ, all being on the floor together. Sometimes the ball would just whip around. And we've been waiting since basically his opening press conference when Coach Mo said we're going to play with pace, space in the pass. And that's exactly what we saw tonight. And it was a lot of fun. Chuma Okiki, who we didn't realize before tonight, is tied for 20th in the league in steals per game. Three steals tonight. Two on Luka Doncic, which were huge. But 19 points, 7 of 10 from Chuma Okiki. Luka isn't ready to apologize to Chuma. He hasn't really, to be fair, hasn't like publicly trashed Chuma. But like group chats have been low-key disrespectful to Chuma. Mm. Um, he's not ready True. to apologize. And you know no. we're going to let him kind of work through that process. <laughs> but Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner tonight, uh, 18 points, 9 of 15. Not his most efficient night. But that bucket that he had in the last minute, I think he was driving on uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and took a pretty hard foul and still scored. They didn't call um, the foul. I think that tied the game up for the Magic or gave the Magic the lead. Um, I just love Franz Wagner. Like He had a move, like a Euro step and dunk on somebody and then turn towards the Magic bench and just like screamed this like just visceral, carnal grunt which I just love those moments out of Franz. For someone who seems so like amiable and almost kind of, I guess you would say shy, the fire that you can see burning in him at times is probably my favorite Franz trait, like the competitive nature that you can see that he has. And tonight, when the offense was slowing down a little bit, I feel like we got a few of those flashes that we were talking about on the last episode with Franz where like he sometimes he just needs to go and get the ball and he did that a few times tonight and it was really really fun Luke what did you think of this game uh I mean insane second quarter considering the first quarter would have put a lot of young inexperienced teams down you lose the first quarter 34 to 23 and at that point I was like oh good night like here here we go right i mean the the mavs are going to put it all together and they're going to just run over this poor young team but they didn't i mean the, the magic are you know who we know that they are right we know that they're resilient they they play these close games tonight jonathan going into tonight they were zero and five in games that were decided by three or less points so to win a game within three points Felt great. Mavs were like three and three, I think, in games decided by three or less. How afraid of Luka Doncic were you on that last possession? Oh, oh, just I, I was afraid. I was afraid. I was even more afraid when Kleber gets him in the air on the pump fake on that three, and I was like, oh, it's in. I get it's a it's over. This is how we lose. I I thought it was over. Audibly said, not Kleber. I thought I swore it was going in. Yeah, he he yeah. missed a no, couple of sure. easy ones in that fourth quarter. A, a lot, everybody the Mavs, was missing. The Mavs was missing. Were missing a ton. Well, they didn't have a, a field goal in the last like five minutes of the game. Well, it felt like a two or three minute stretch there. It felt like uh, 2016 Game Seven, Cavs Warriors, where just nobody could make a shot for an mm-hmm. eternity. But yeah. but yeah, I, I Magic in on an eight two run. 
So that was that was good. Yeah, I was I was uh I was worried about Luca uh that that the, last uh, possession. I there, mean, thirty point triple double, whatever he had, 34, 34 yeah. 12 and eleven. Dudes are just insane. The magic good. I I was uh, very proud of the magic for not overthinking this. Kristaps Porzingis not playing tonight. The magic go on uh, in terms of scoring in the paint. They decide KP's not here. We're just going to do exactly what we did to the Bulls. And they go on and score exactly like they did against the Bulls in the paint. 60 points in the paint. And that's going to be a huge factor for the reason the Magic win this game. Because even though the Mavs shot the ball better by 10% from three tonight, the Magic were able to get whatever they wanted in the paint. It was just, I mean, it was was the epitome of just a good team win. You had so many guys in double digits. I think you had uh, eight. Or seven, seven. So you you know you had Wagner, Dell, uh, Bamba, Cole, Okiki, Mo Wagner, and Gary Harris all in double digits tonight. T Ross with a, a stinker, um, but but everybody else, man, that was in the rotation. You know, Suggs obviously two for ten, but his defense tonight was uh, was a lot of fun to see, and that that steal he made in, the, in that in those final you know that final minute there was incredible. So you um you pointed something out. Uh, I think it was you, or it, it might have been Kevin, when I was complaining about the the refs. I think it was you. Uh, it was towards, towards the end of the game, because I tweeted out something like the you know the refs suck, and you said mm-hmm. for somebody that you know says you can't really blame the refs, I I talk crap about the refs every night, and I just really believe that a lot of them are just really bad and and make terrible calls. So the Magic were up 100 to 92 with eight minutes and six seconds left. Okay, so from that point, the refs made a few bad calls that I thought like directly allowed the Mavs to you know put together this little run that that really put this game into in in danger because uh, for you know a big portion of the second half, the Magic had like a six to ten point lead, and then all of a sudden, with about eight minutes to go, here come the Mavs back. Um, and now all of a sudden, you know, the Magic were down by, I think it was like four with just over five minutes to go. But let me read this. So um, Mo Wagner uh, gets a, a dunk off of a Chumo Kiki assist to put the Magic up eight, 8.06 to go. 7.48, Jalen blocks Dwight Powell from behind on the replay. It's, it's very, very apparent that it's a block. Uh, it was called a foul. The Magic didn't have a challenge at this point. So they couldn't challenge that, but Dwight Powell makes uh, his, his free throws. Then uh, we come down. Moritz Wagner misses a three. Luka Doncic, I think this was right in more, Mo Wagner's face, hits a three. So now it's a three-point game. Then Mo Wagner gets called for an offensive charge, which I thought was a, a pretty weird call. And then uh, Marquise Chris uh, gets a, a dunk you know, like a couple uh, possessions later. And then at that point, it's a one-point game. So it was just like back-to-back calls that really screwed the Magic at that point. And I'm just like, how are we missing calls like this? When you've also got Luka Doncic like trying to cross over Chuma Okiki and Chuma is putting the clamps on him. And then like he kind of does this little head fake, gets Chuma to hesitate for a split second. But then Luka has the most obvious hook on Chuma Okiki that I've ever seen. Literally reaches his hand out grabs around his hips and waist and pushes himself past the the sideline referee i have no idea how you missed that call when in that instant it is your job to watch the ball mm-hmm. so it it was just egregious and you 
uh, kind of mention the fact that there have been some uh, G League refs that have come up because, you know, refs getting COVID and stuff like that. Yeah. COVID across the league is starting to really calm down, I think, after the crazy, like, month and a half that we saw, like, the beginning of uh, December, you know, into the new year up to, like, a couple of weeks ago. So I don't know if that's the excuse, but I am just so sick of every single night the refs have, like, three or four calls against the Magic that are just absolutely just ridiculous that make no sense even some instances where they go to the replay and they still get it wrong so but luke this was a really fun game good to get two in a row uh you know we talked on the last episode or or last week about you know the whole issue with stacy king and the you know chicago bulls broadcast and magic back, back and forth at him so we've got them on tuesday so I'm like half nervous, half excited for that game. I want to beat Stacey King so bad. I don't dude, even want to beat the Bulls. I, I just want to beat Stacey King. King. Yep, absolutely. And <laughs> lace and them up, Stacey. It's me, me and Jonathan against trash. you and your and your and your partner there. You know, oh, that's what we'll do. Me and Jake you, two v two against Stacey King. Jake Chapman tweeted something to the effect of like the guy who once dunked on somebody and said like you know let me stuff this in your mouth or something like that. You know, was objecting to someone celebrating after a dunk. Like, how ironic is that? So, Luke, uh, before we go ahead, we're going to get into um, some voicemails, and we'll also go ahead and get into some Cole Anthony talk because I think um, we haven't really talked about that, and, uh, you know, we kind of want to. But let's take a quick look at the week ahead. So Tuesday we mentioned you're at Chicago. That game starts at 8 o'clock. Uh, you have a back-to-back, so Tuesday and then Wednesday you'll be at Indiana. That game starts at 7 o'clock. And then two back-to-backs this week, actually, Luke. Uh, you're off Thursday and Friday, but then you play Saturday and February and uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Saturday you're home versus Memphis. Sunday you're home versus Boston. Those games start at 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock. So that's just like my my weekend is like pretty much shot because those games are like super early so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh what do you what do you think uh happens uh next week so are we gonna go for the week or just until we record next we're gonna do we the we'll, we'll just do the week do the week okay um i'm gonna say i'm gonna say so we're going through the celtics game right yeah okay I've been so optimistic lately, Jonathan. I really, I really think this team is not bad anymore. I'm gonna, I'm gonna two say and two. two and two. Let's get yeah. it. I'm going two and two. I, I think, I think it's it's Pacers and Celtics. Yep, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I think those. Are, but but with you know knowing how the NBA usually shakes out, the Magic very well might go two and two, and it'll be against the Bulls and the Grizzlies where they get their wins. So. I don't know. Um, it's hard to predict which teams it'll come against, but I just have a I just have a feeling like this team is 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 you know revitalized by these wins they've been getting. They have their you know they they probably know that their teammates are coming back soon too. They're just in kind of peak form right now, and they're all we finally are getting to see that normal starting lineup that has been so good for this team. I, I, I I'm gonna go two and two, and I'll say this: you know you've won three out of your last four. And none of those games have felt, like, overtly fluky. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, you beat the right. crap out of the Bulls. You know, you, you hammer the Pistons, which... You, you know, had a good have. case against the Clippers well, for yeah. a while there, and then until the and, fourth yeah. quarter. And then you, uh, yeah, you kind of you know, screw that 
all the way up. I want to take a quick look at something uh, really quickly here. I'm on NBA.com. Um, all right, so they've got 51 games, so they've got all of our games accounted for. Let's see, over the last four games, how are the Magic shooting from three? Because that is what is going to tell me basically all that I need to know. Magic are shooting 36% from three, which I feel like is probably over our average on the season. But it also doesn't feel like a, yeah, on the season we are shooting eh, 32.7% from three. Maybe these last four games, it does feel like we're shooting the ball a little bit better. Maybe it's points a in the paint. little bit of an aberration. I think it's but, I think it's the points in the paint there that I have been really controlling this. Well, I mean, let's look at it tonight. Tonight, you shoot 32% from the three-point line. Okay, so that's fair. I mean, you, it, it, it kind of looks a little bit skewed because you shoot 51% from the floor. Um, but, yeah, you're, you absolutely went off in the paint if you are shooting 51% for the game and you shot 32% uh, from the three-point line. Uh, let's go back. Let's check and see how we did against uh, Detroit. I'm going to pull up that game really quickly here. Uh, let's go to the box score. Yeah, Magic shot 48% from three in that game. Obviously, you know you're not going to do that every night. Uh, let's go Wednesday's game against the Clippers. You pull that up. So Wednesday night against the Clippers, you shoot 25% from three. I mean, you do end up losing that game, so maybe that shouldn't be a huge surprise to us, but I don't know. Look, I feel like they're obviously you're not going to blow out the Bulls all the time, but there is some legitimacy to the last three out of four wins that we're seeing. I don't know if it's fair to say that this team has completely turned the corner. I don't think that's the case, but they have been very confident and very consistent the last couple of weeks, even after some losses and thinking like we're pretty close to figuring this out. Have the Magic figured it out? I'm not totally ready to say that. But we talked about the last episode that this team feels closer than they are further away. Yeah. And we hoped that we would get Markel back during this homestand. And now it feels like all freaking bets are off. Um, oh, if you win, if you go two and two this week, you, you don't see Markel for the rest of the year. Sorry. <laughs> it, I think at this point, because like our next game is the first of February, you've got, um, you know, two away games, two home games. Then you're on the road for a four-game road trip. You've got one game at home, and then it's the all-star break. At this point, I think you see Markel back the first game after the all-star break, Friday, February 25th, uh, at home versus Houston. Bring them both back. Maybe Give me J.I. J.I. and Markel. I really don't know. I hope so. I hope so. I'm kind of like over-guessing, I guess. I don't feel like doing it I thought you were going to say I'm kind of over it, which also... um, I mean, honestly, fair. Like, I want them to be back, but, like, I'm just tired of trying to guess and figure it out because we're on, like, our eighth, ninth guesses this season, and it's just like, you know, uh, not really a huge deal. But anyways, guys, we're going to go quickly to uh, our voicemail box. I think we've got a question, Luke, about Dwight Howard. From Brandon is what producer Kevin uh, told us here. So let's uh, let's hear what he says. What's going on, Six Man Show? It's Brandon here, longtime fan of you and the Magic. First thing I want to say is my hot take. I've been hearing a lot around from Magic fans that they should bring Dwight Howard back for the voice for the vet on our team. Here's my hot take. You're not a true Magic fan if you want to bring Dwight Howard back. He pulled a shack. 
and it ended up worse for him than Shaq. Obviously, it ended up great for Shaq. Didn't end up great for the White. That's awesome to hear. I like the guy. Actually, I had a close friend. He came through my neighborhood, Dwight Howard, frequenting my neighborhood. I mean, I like the guy. I uh, do not like what he did to us, to the fans. So for that reason, I would not want him back. Go Magic. Love the Magic. Love y'all. Thanks for the content. Peace. Brandon, I uh, that was a lot. That was a lot. That was a... I don't want him back. I like the guy, but I don't want him back. And then I got a story about, you know, I don't know, the neighborhood or something. Um, that was a lot. <laughs> that was a lot to, to process there. Uh, Jonathan, what, what do you think about that voicemail? All right. So this is what I'll say. Um, f- folks, whoever is out there listening, Brandon, thank you for the call. Really, really appreciate your support. Appreciate you calling in. It's time to get over the Dwight Howard thing, guys. It, it's been It's been 10 years. Um, you know, worked out pretty good for us. We got Nikola Vucevic, who turned into one of the five best Magic players of all time. There's the wall. Debate that if you would like. Um, and it, it's just been a long time. Like it's it's over. Uh, you know, Tracy McGrady, he didn't leave on on great terms. Penny Hardaway, he didn't leave on great terms. Those are still guys who are very beloved. I feel like if the Magic weren't run so poorly. After the Dwight Howard era, and we return to success, um, you know, sooner than seven years after he left, people mm-hmm. would feel feel much differently about this. People didn't like the way that he left, and then all of a sudden you're terrible for you know six years, and people are just like, oh, this is all Dwight Howard's fault, instead of looking at just the horrible job that the entire organization did from top to bottom um, after he was dealt. So. In my opinion, he is the greatest Magic player of all time. And like at a certain point, you just have to get over things like that, in my opinion. And when it's all said and done for Dwight, he needs to be celebrated. Luke, before we get into bringing Dwight Howard back, did you have something you wanted to add? Um, yeah, no, I was just going to say that I... He, he he you know Brandon started off that message by saying that magic fans have been saying this I, have you been seeing this anyway? I have seen it once I have not seen it you know but people are on you know different forums like yeah you might be I'm on reddit or, or something you know I'm in the Facebook. reddit I'm not there all the time just because we're so like we have so much engagement on Twitter that yeah. you can't always look at everything I've seen it once but um I don't know if this is a you know majority of magic fans type of thing like it was like Oh my God! Trade for Russell Westbrook. Get Chris Paul. <laughs> Chris Paul. Uh, retrospect, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Chris Paul wouldn't have been a bad idea. Russell Westbrook. I feel vindicated about that. But I mean, realistically, Jonathan, if you brought Dwight Howard back, I mean, he'd be like a Rolo role, wouldn't he? Listen, I'm looking at the contracts, and there's no way to get it done. You, right. Like just straight up, like money wise. Uh, I mean, unless. You're using the trade exception, I guess, mm-hmm. which you're going to use that to bring back $2.6 million Dwight Howard, who's expiring. You really want Dwight Howard that badly. I'm sure you could make a case for him coming back to Orlando and maybe retiring in the next couple of years. I'm not using that trade exception. I would rather not use that trade exception than use it on $2.6 million Dwight Howard, who's going to expire in four or five months, whatever the case may be. But just looking at the contracts, Luke, like these are the contracts that you could, I think, make it work. 
Cole Anthony, $3.4 million this year. Not a chance in hell. Michael Carter-Williams, <laughs> Lakers are not doing that. Chuma Okiki, also no chance in hell. No thank you. It's Juan Moore, who I tweeted out today, as just like, we've gotten no updates at all, I think, since October when we, when we heard that he had a sprained <laughs> knee. And we're always seeing him taking jump shots in practice. Very, very strange. I don't have to tell you guys what's going on with that. You know exactly what's going on with that. Uh, but Etwan Moore, $2.6 million. That's not going to happen. RJ Hampton, $2.3 million. That's not going to happen. Mo Wagner, $1.7. Not going to happen. Like it, It's just not feasible. Like, if you want to bring Dwight Howard back, which I would not totally be opposed to, you've got Robin Lopez on a $5 million one-year deal. I think I would probably want Robin Lopez back next year over Dwight Howard. But if Robin Lopez doesn't want to be here, Dwight Howard is not the worst option for a backup center, especially if you end up moving on from Obamba this summer. Yeah. All of that to say, it is strictly for what he gives you on the floor. Like he is still capable of going out and getting you ten to twelve points. You know, can still get you ten rebounds. You know, maybe two or three blocks in a game. I'm not bringing Dwight Howard back to be the veteran on this team. That's not no. happening. Mm-mm. We've got about no. four or five guys under the age of 25 that are more of a veteran presence than Dwight Howard. All due respect. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have anything else to add about about so, Dwight. Yeah, thank you for the question, Brandon. But I think we like are diametrically opposed in terms of our uh, our our personal feelings about Dwight Howard, and that's totally fine. I just have chosen chosen rather than uh, to move past that. All right, Luke, we're going to wrap up the episode here with uh, some Cole Anthony talk. We've kind of gone a a little bit longer than we had planned, but um, Cole Anthony, uh, like tonight, uh, not an incredible um, performance from Cole Anthony from kind of what we um, were accustomed to at the beginning of the season. 16 points, but on 16 shots tonight, 0 of 6 from the three-point line. And I want to say this week, really, the what's going on with Cole conversation has really started to take shape. So I wanted to go through a few of his segments of play this season because, like, we had the conversation, I think, last week that Cole started off the season really, really great, and then he started to get injured, and then, you know, since he's come back, he just hasn't been as good. But I didn't really have the numbers to back that up at the time. So today I went and did a little bit of research. Um, so over the course of the first uh, 16 games of the season, Luke, um, before he sprained his ankle against the Brooklyn Nets on November 19th, Cole was averaging in um, 16 games, was averaging 19.6 points per game. He was shooting 40% from the floor, 36% from the three-point line, 85% from the free throw line. Okay? So, again, injures the ankle against the, the Brooklyn Nets, is out one, two, three, four, five, six games, comes back against Denver, kind of picks up right where he left off. So, from that point, Luke, he played about two weeks. Uh, I think this is about eight games here one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Uh, Re aggravates the ankle against Atlanta December 15th. But even up to that point, like sprains the ankle the first time, comes back. His averages at that time when he went out, Luke, through 23 games, he bumped it up a little bit. He went from 19.6 games or 19.6 points. He went up to 19.9 points, almost 20 points a game at this point. 
Uh, still 41.7% from the floor, 36.6% from the three-point line, and 87% from the free-throw line. So then, again, re-aggravates the ankle against uh, the Hawks, misses mm-hmm. the next three games, comes back for one game against the New Orleans Pelicans, in which he played pretty well, uh, 22 points, 7 of 16 from the floor, 0 of 6 from 3, but 8 of 9 from the free-throw line, 5 rebounds, 11 assists, Luke. Uh, which I believe is tied for his uh, high this season. But since coming back after that, so he missed five games uh, from the Pelicans game on December 23rd to the game against Philadelphia at home on January the 5th. So missed five games, Luke. And since coming back, uh, this was going into tonight, so not counting uh, tonight, in 12 games since coming back the second time, Luke, 13.7 points per game, shooting 32% from the floor, 24.6% from the three-point line, 76% from the free-throw line. So we felt, Luke, like he was just not as efficient, hasn't looked like the same player, and the numbers 100% back that up. What what do we think about this? Yeah, um... I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know I don't know what's going on. I, I think his assist numbers are up um in terms of his average. Since you know, he's been pretty good in the assist column. Um, you know, tonight six assists, nine assists against Detroit, eleven against the Clippers. So it tells me that, that Cole is just trying to keep himself involved as much as he can and Steve still be of value to this team. Um, getting to the free throw I'm line. Going to cut you off. Can confirm. Uh, he was 5.6 assists uh, the last 13 games, averaging 6.3. So half assist more. Gotcha. So, um, so yeah. So I, I think a lot of it is just obviously his efficiency. It reminds you a lot of kind of what you saw from him the beginning of the rookie year, right? You know, his first stint basically as a rookie, where he just we labeled him. You know, I labeled him a chucker. Um, I believe you would agree with me there in terms of last year. Uh, Chucker's a guy who shoots a bunch of times, not efficiently. It'd be different if he was efficient at the time. He starts out this year like he did, and it's just kind of felt like it, it feels like last year sometimes in, in terms of what he's doing. But but then he has things where you were like, wow, he really still has that in his bag, and he, he's still confident, it seems, around the rim. Um, he kind of like had a scoop left-handed shot here to end, I believe, the third quarter tonight which looked beautiful. He has still like those moments where it's like, okay, Cole's still there. Like he's in there somewhere, but I don't know what it's going to take for him to kind of get, I guess just out of his head. I haven't seen anything change in terms of like his jumper and the form or anything like that. It just feels like he's just inefficient right now. And it, it is kind of the player that you fear Cole Anthony could be, you know, eventually it's just kind of like this guy that can explode. Right he can explode for 40 points in a game, but then the next night he'll shoot 15% from the floor. I mean, you look at kind of his field goal percentages. I mean, it's ridiculous um, since really, and you know, starting with like the Pistons game in early January, right? I mean, he's 27%, 23, 35, 25, 50, 23, 42, 22, 30, 45, 26, 37. There's a lot more bad than good in terms of performances from the field, um, as we know by the total averages there from what you pointed out. But it's it's got to all be mental, right? 
I don't know. Like, I feel like there is a a conversation to be had about the fact that, like, you know, he had a couple of, you know, uh, ankle sprains was out and then came back. And I forget which game it was, but there was a game that he and Franz both left for a period of time due to ankle sprains. Right. So I feel like there is a point. Uh, I think there's a fair point where you can say that he just might not be healthy. But then we get into the fact that he just accepted an invitation to the dunk contest. You know, right. That news came out you know, yesterday for us, so on Saturday. So, like, can we really point to that if he's, like, not totally healthy? Listen, the best case for Magic fans, Cole wins the slam dunk contest. His confidence is through the roof, and he just comes back from that, and he, he's, he's shooting efficiently again. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to root for. Yeah, I think I think that something's going on. He's just like going through a slump. Um, like by no means is the time to like you know be super concerned about Cole or like give up on Cole. Like he no. just had he just had a bad month. Like I don't think there's going to be anyone else on this roster happier to see the calendar turn to February than Cole Anthony because in you know in the month of of January was just not good. Like you know the thirty four percent from the floor you know. 22 or 25 percent from the three-point line that's his month of january so um yeah it's just really been weird because like luckily in terms of like you know playmaking he still looks mostly similar i would say that uh teams aren't quite as zeroed in on him as they were like you know november and december so kind of that like gravity that he had at that time you know we're not seeing that as much but like the rebounding numbers are, are still there, you know he's still playing with a lot of effort, uh, you know still a great teammate, all of those kinds of things. So it's not I don't think it's time to be like super concerned about Cole, but it's like, hmm, something is is not totally right because he doesn't I, I, look like yeah. the same player. And the last thing that I'll add is I think that his confidence is definitely at a low right now, which is something that we aren't used to with Cole. Really, the only thing that I have to back that up right now is this, that he's shooting this year 6.9 threes a game. And in the month of January, he shot 3.7 on 33%. Yeah, he knows. He's not. And that credit to Cole, he is not forcing it. Like, right. I still feel like mo- like there's maybe two or three times a game I'm like, Cole, really? Right. Like, come on. But that that comes with the nature of a player like Cole Anthony. Sometimes right. you're like, bro, really? And you're like, oh, snap, it went in. Yeah. Sometimes right. you're like, bro, like, come on, we do not need that right now. But yeah. I think your what your point just now validates that something has changed in his thinking. He knows he doesn't have it right now and has scaled right. it back a little bit. Yep. So yep. let's just hope that Cole gets it figured out because the team's playing well right now, Luke, especially the last, you know, three out of the last four games, obviously. If Cole like really steps up and gets back to the Cole that we saw like October, November, the beginning of December, we get back to that. Then all of a sudden, like we got a lot popping. You know, as we, we a, desperately as we we desperately need 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 a big game from Cole against yeah. the Bulls. I would I would I would do a lot of things to be able to see Cole Anthony have an efficient night, even if it's just efficient and he scores twenty. Like if he shoots sixty percent from the floor, I'd be like, "Oh, thank God!" Yeah. So he needs, I, I, he needs yeah, like a all, twenty yeah. point game, like three of five from three. <laughs> yeah. You know, he needs a game like that very, very mm-hmm. badly right now. Or go but, off if you want to, Cole. That's fine too. 50. We fully, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Michael, yeah. who we'll stop. 
Right. Michael exactly. Hill. This is a house that Cole built. Right, exactly. Yeah. All right, guys. That is going to do it for us uh, this episode of the Six Man Show. Again, 407-603-1189. Call and leave us a voicemail. If you guys haven't left us a five-star rating on Apple, it's literally like the easiest thing in the world to do. Like, just pull out your phone and, and do that for us. Um, we haven't gotten a, a, like a review in like a hot minute. And we know that we've got like literally hundreds, you know, God bless, thank the Lord, literally hundreds of listeners each week and hundreds of views mm-hmm. on YouTube. Just take out your phone. Even if you don't have an iPhone, find somebody that does. Grab your grandma's phone, your girlfriend's phone, whoever. <laughs> I don't care if we get a, you know, I love to sew 33, mm-hmm. you know, any th- embroidery gang, whatever. Like, just leave us a five-star review. Like and subscribe on YouTube. If you're on Spotify, so you, even if you don't have an Apple, if you're listening on Spotify, you can leave a five-star rating there as well. Really, really appreciate that. But uh, anyways, guys, for Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.